Well, everyone, we're back. We're back. It's the Bull from the Blue podcast. Sorry we had to take a little break, but um, we've come back in at the important time. City champions again. I mean, what else can you expect? And uh, one thing you would expect on the BFTP pod are two, at least two out of the three of our regulars. And the first one that we have here is Bernard Deneen. How you doing, Bernard? Long time no here. Long time no pod. Oh, well, we, we've been around, haven't we, mate? But, uh, hey, glad to be back. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll get it in before Ray does. Just feeling champion at the moment, mate, like uh, all, all City fans are. <laughs> <laughs> and we we also have, as you would hope, uh, Mr Ray Bubbles, who's been blowing bubbles recently. How are you doing, yeah. Ray? I'm very good. I'm championi. I'm, I'm championi. I'm... Uh, Taking a leaf out of Bobby Mancini's book and uh, adding a e at the end, Championi. I think it's Campione. <laughs> we we bastardised it in this country, haven't we? The word. Uh, yeah, uh, guys, like, uh, like, that, that's a legitimate word. It's not a swear <laughs> word. Yes, yes, yes. I think it passes the Merriam-Webster dictionary oh, check. Oh, oh, Mike. Mike. <laughs> But you two guys laugh till you cried over spunk bubble. So don't don't get me over, <laughs> don't get me over this. All right, guys. Well, it's it's happened uh, recently enough that I think that the memories are pretty fresh. But um, what we'll do is um, we'll take a little trip down memory lane and uh, and stick with Ray for this uh, this opening question. Well, Ray, how are you feeling going into this? I mean, were you like so many city supporters were cocksure that um, it was in our hands? It was against Villa. We're going to beat them easy. Well, I never, I never. It's one of those, Mike. It's, it's either easy. City do it either easily or <laughs> put you through the ringer. Um, in the week before the game, I wasn't thinking about it. Honestly, I, I've been so busy, and I didn't want to think about it. And I said, "We'll win." I thought, "Yeah, I, I thought we'd win." Um, I didn't think, obviously, that we would do it the way we did. Like most City fans, we wanted it to be a procession. I was there when we beat, I think, West Ham. Was it 2-0 under Pellegrini, I think, back in 2014, if I'm right, um, when we won it back then. And uh, that was like just a procession, wasn't it? It was an easy game against West Ham. Um, but yeah, So I wasn't worried at all coming into the game. Uh, and I, I, said, I think I said a few days before the game, if we're good enough, we'll win it. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling uh, there, Bernard? Well, I was incredibly calm all week uh, in in respect. I was in, I was calm on the day. Obviously, I was worried about what defensive lineup Pep was going to come up with. Uh, but I thought we had the ammunition, and I thought obviously at least one of our guys, whether it's KDB, Bernard, whoever it be, would have, would have a, a magical performance. And pull it out of the fire for us. I wasn't too worried about Aston Villa. Uh, I thought we were a far better team. But as I said, it was just defense. I think it all hinged on the defense. Obviously, we'll talk about the lineup, of course. But uh, uh, as soon as the team was announced, uh, then I did get a little, just a tiny bit panicky uh, when the team was announced. But uh, apart from that, no, I was I was quite cool and calm and expecting us to do the business. Well, guys, it wouldn't be Pep if he didn't throw a slight curveball with the lineup, and we'll just go through those. Just for um, just for foundation here, you've been hearing that word a lot in the uh, 
Johnny Depp trial. Objection, foundation. Okay. Anyway, Aston Villa. Let's have a very quick look. So Olsen and then Cash, who I presume would be the former Wimbledon champion uh, from Australia. Uh, Chambers, uh, Mings, uh, Dinia, Lucas Dinia, McGinn, uh, Douglas Louise, whose City uh, fans will remember. He used to belong to us. Um, Ramsey, Buendia, Cuccino. And then the one that I feared is this guy, Ollie Watkins. He's... um, He's a bit good, actually, that one. So let's go to the City lineup and get to the point that uh, we're going to come to. So Ederson, Stones, Fernandinho, Laporte, Cancelo, De Bruno, Rodri, Bernardo, Mares, Jesus, and Foden. We're going to stick with Bernard. And Bernard, I think the slight question that everyone would have is that we knew that uh, that Walker and Stones were back to some effect. And we learned very quickly that Walker wasn't going to make the, um, the starting lineup. But it was strange. Um, a strange uh, back four uh, formation. There was not, um, there wasn't really any need to put Fernandinho in there because we could have just did what Pep, Pep eventually had to do, which was to uh, take him out, put Zinchenko on the left, Cancelo on the right, have Stones and Laporte in the centre. That was just too sensible for Pep, I think. Uh, <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, what do you reckon there, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, we could all go back in hindsight and say, obviously, Pep made the right decision at the start of the game. But let's face it, we don't think he did. Uh, at the end of the day, Ferner was struggling. He'd, he'd struggled to play centre-half. He's not a centre-half. He's not got, you know, uh, his age now with his experience. We expect him to do an half-decent job. But it was a big, big mistake. I mean, there's no way. Uh, it wasn't just the fact Ferner wasn't comfortable at centre-half. It's the fact that John Stones wouldn't have been comfortable playing on the right either. It was just... It was just the thing with Pep is he goes into these this, these games and he seems to tie one arm behind his back, you know, in a fist fight. He'll get, he seems to always want to give the opposition, whether it's a cup semi-final or a final, he always seems to want to test himself. And he certainly tested himself in this one, uh, picking that team. But, uh, I mean, apart from that, it was fine. I, I didn't have any quibbles at all. It was just, again, it's always one player we seem to think as fans uh, Pep, what are you doing? Why, why have you just chose that one guy over another guy? And he did exactly the same. As I said, hindsight's wonderful and it all worked. But uh, I don't think there was many City fans who could really understand uh, what happened with that with that uh, defensive lineup. Yeah, just um, just make that 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 point also to Ray. It does have a bit of a habit, Pep, for picking um, you know uh, round pe- pegs for yeah. uh, square holes, doesn't he? Let's be honest, he, he was stupid. Let's, let's be honest, you know, there's no point, you know, sugarcoating it. Um, he, he picked a side with Fernandinho at centre-back and so often Fernandinho was left one-on-one with Watkins. What's all that about? You know, Watkins is faster, uh, ten, whatever, 10 years younger, much faster than Fernandinho, physical enough to bounce him around. Uh, and he's got a little bit about him. He's, you know, he's he's not rubbish. So he's got a little bit of guile at, at times. And I just couldn't believe that we were leaving Fernandinho. If you're going to leave anybody at the back, surely you leave Laporte. In, and I, I think I said to the fellow next to me, I said, if they're leaving Fernandinho because he's faster than Laporte, then Laporte, we, we need a, another centre-back. Because, <laughs> you know, seriously, if, if Laporte's not fast enough, uh, you know, and a 37-year-old Fernandinho um, is chosen to, 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 to Matt Watkins. That's crazy. Oh, and by the way, happy birthday, Merrick Laporte. His birthday was yesterday. He was 28 years old yesterday. But it, it, was, a, it was a crazy decision. Your best centre-back pairing 
in the middle of the pitch where it really matters, really matters, Stones and Laporte. That's, that was the best available. And it was it was just, I don't know what, what it was. Was it um, being a clever dick? Was it sentimentality? Because it was Fernandinho's last game. You know, ignominious, it could have been an ignominious defeat in the, for his last game. You know, and as Bernard said, it should have been Zinchenko from the start on the left and Cancelo on the right. It was it's a no-brainer, you know. And speaking of no-brainers, where's Colin Savage? <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. Just get in. Uh, well, anyway, guys, uh, uh, let's just uh, take a, a quick look at uh, what we had on the bench. We had Carson. Um, sadly for him, I don't think even if Pep had brought him on in the last uh, two minutes, not that we would have, but he didn't have enough appearances for a medal, should we have won. We had Walker, Ake, Sterling, a, a certain chap called Gundogan, who we, we will mention in passing um, a little bit later on, Grealish, uh, Zinchenko, and the two young guns, Palmer and McAtee. So there we, we have it. Those were the lineups, guys, and heading into this game, uh, we uh, we opened up and, and set our cards on the table. Uh, so what did it look like, Bernard, in the opening uh, exchanges? Well, nervy, mate. It was absolutely. I think I think the actual. You know, we we know these players are experienced. We know these players have been to these sort of big games before. But it was nervy. There was nothing, was there? We were sort of. Um, I think there was twenty odd minutes before before someone had a shot on target from or a shot and not not necessarily on target. It was. It was just, I expected all guns blazing. I, I think uh, Gerard played a, a, a blinder because obviously he told his captain, right, well, you know, let, let's disrupt City. Let, let's turn, let's turn, when you win the, if you win the toss, turn the teams round. Because there's no way we decided to shoot that way the first half because we know by our experience, we don't like doing that. We're comfortable playing the other way, even though as fans, certainly in the South Stand, we want them to shoot towards us in the second half. But, yeah, Gerard pulled a black. He probably told his captain, I've not had that confirmed. You know, if you win the toss, change round, kick the other way. And it just, uh, that on top of the, the nerves of the game, I, I think just unsettled us. I, I thought we were, we took a hell of a long time. I don't think we ever got in it the first half. Uh, I don't think, I think we had uh, Foden's good chance, wasn't it? It went wide, skim wide at a post. But we were not at it. We were, we were, you know, even, even the line for the defence being a bit hodgepodge. Uh, all over the pitch, you know, the KDBs and the Bernardos, the guys you expect to be at it, they just weren't at it. It was it was a pretty awful first half. Yeah, Ray, I don't know if you've got many uh, Scouse-supporting uh, people on your Twitter timeline. I certainly do, and uh, they were licking their lips because it seemed Gerard was, you know, determined to do his old uh, his old team a favour. Both his playmakers, Gwendia Coutinho, were were played and uh, they were giving us a bit of a torrid time, I think. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, it, look, it, it, it would have been the worst of outcome possible. You know, Gerard as the manager and Coutinho um, playing for, for Villa and obviously, you know, we, you know I'm not going to give anything away by saying he scored uh, their second goal. I think people do know that. Spoiler alert. for some, yeah. You know, a week after the game, don't know the result. Um, look away now, everybody. But but no, it, it had you know the way we were going, the way we started was horrible. It really, I thought so. Uh, we you know we looked nervous, and throughout a lot of the game, I I talked about mentality, and I said, right, we saw it against West Ham, we saw that weak mentality against West Ham, 
And then we, we bounced back. So we saw the strong mentality side of it as well. We saw against Real Madrid that weak mentality where we just collapsed. We, you know, in the first leg, we couldn't, we three times took a two goal lead and let them back into it. And we were miles better than they were. And we ended up winning just by one goal. And away, we chucked it away. So I was worried about this mentality. And against Villa again, you know, that mentality, they were, we were overhitting passes, especially in the box. You know, you put in, you you put putting it down the line or something for somebody, and just overhitting it. Um, it was it was t- terrible, and you know, it, it, everybody was making mistakes. It wasn't just you know one or two players. Several of them were making you know bad passes and uh, you know heavy touches, and um, you, you did worry for, for City. You know, uh, uh, and we knew it would happen. The longer the game went on. The more the crowd would quieten down, you know, we were very, very noisy at the start, and then about, you know, halfway through the half, I think it was starting to get a bit quieter, um, and then the silence there would get to the players, and it just like um, like a Rolling Stone kind of thing, where you know the the the, the worry and the fear and the anxiety was spreading. I think, uh, among certain sections of the crowd and the players. <clears throat> um, Bernard, as Ray mentioned, uh, the fans were in uh, full voice uh, before really the game got started. I, just a little quick sidebar here, because I'm sure uh, foreign-based fans are, are, are wondering about this. Since when did we since, since when did we adopt Hey Jude, um, which, of course, was a song written and performed by a 60s, you know, Scouse skiffle band, and um, when did we start taking that as uh, as a, 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 one of our go-to songs? Hmm. A lot. It's one of those things you think you think you think of a date when we started doing it, and then you could probably knock another ten years off it because it just it's probably been going a lot longer than thought. Like Blue Moon to me is another one that's been going a lot longer. Uh, I can't think particularly. Obviously the. Not in our city, uh, apart from the La La La's that Ray don't like, that some other, other fans sing, of course. <laughs> we'll not talk about that, eh, Ray? Um, yeah, so, yeah, I have no idea when, you know, someone will know when it started and why, but uh, obviously it, it, fit, it fits the tune, doesn't it? It fits the city, which is, is all, all we ask. <laughs> well, I, 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 read, I read that um, um, it goes back to 1968 when, yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Actually, yeah. released Hey Jude, and City fans um, picked it up because even though they're a Liverpoolian band, Liverpool-based band, I, I, you know, I don't think the tribalism that uh, yeah. blights football today wasn't wasn't there. You know, what wasn't there uh, uh, in in the same um, anything like the same level. Mm. Burning four minutes into this game, up. Oh flashed on your screen was the fact that Pedro Neto had given Wolves a 1-0 uh, uh, start uh, against uh, Liverpool at Anfield. Did that make any impression on you at all? Did you just think, oh, you know, that's <laughs> just a blip? I, I had no, I had no stage, even even whatever stage it was. Obviously, the the unusual thing of us never being off top spot all game was quite funny when you think back in hindsight. But uh, at no stage in that game did I ever doubt that Liverpool were not going to beat Wolves. So, no, uh, all these guys shown on camera getting all giddy. I mean, why? I have no idea why they got giddy in the same way. 
uh, perhaps the Liverpool fans are a bit naive to get giddy at their end as well. But uh, uh, perhaps perhaps they have less they have less faith in us than we have in Liverpool. That's probably what it is. Because uh, yeah, no, no, I, I had no interest whatsoever. We had to win our game, and that's all there was to it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm, imagining, I'm imagining Ray. Your thoughts were the same. Yeah, I mean, I thought it would be really, really would be typical City um, to end up drawing with Villa and and winning the, the the title because Liverpool lost against Wolves. I mean, that would have that would have given me a lot of pleasure actually if Liverpool, you know, <laughs> had lost the title and it was in their hands and we'd drawn with Villa in a crappy game, and but they'd lost to Wolves or drawn with Wolves. That would have been so funny because. That would actually, I think, have been worse for Liverpool fans than what actually happened because they knew they could have they could have had it. It could have been theirs, you know, um, and and they, they didn't get the results. So that's what I was hoping for. But like Bernard said, once they once they equalised, I said Liverpool are going to win that game, regardless of what happens, because in the last four or five games, as Mr. Klopp um, um, t- t- was asked, he was asked a question in a press conference and said, I think, I think in the last five games. Liverpool have gone behind and have come back to win every single one of those games. And I think the the person who asked the question meant it as a positive. And you know what Klopp's like. He, he took umbrage at that and, and said to him, why, why are you so negative? Why do you, you know, start with a negative negativity? And the guy said, well, I'm telling you, you know, you came back to win all those games. Uh, Klopp's a plonker. Let's be honest about it sometimes. He suits um, the Liverpool fan base down to a tee. Um, with with his uh, behaviour, so uh, no, I mean, I, I never thought I, when Liverpool equalised, I said they're going to win. It might be very very late on, but Liverpool are going to win, and we need the win ourselves. I wonder if this occurred to you, Bernard. One thing that did happen with the scoring of that goal was that Ederson was at least guaranteed to be either Golden Glove winner for the season or or sharing it with Allison because they were both on twenty. Did that occur to you? And does that did did do you take any pleasure in that at all? No, <laughs> I mean, uh, in all fairness, having read some of the reports since of so-called City fans slagging Edison off, um, you know, obviously it's pointless this Golden Glove because obviously he's not a good keeper, according to a lot a lot of fans. Um, a lot of City fans have been seeing saying that as well, but. Uh, we might touch upon that later on, but uh, no, um, no, that that wouldn't have occurred to me. All I wanted to do was win the league, mate. I, I don't give a toss about a, a Golden Glove award, in all fairness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So, uh, guys, it, it, although it was in the early stages, I will add that it did seem like City were playing, uh, all, all the game was in, in Villa's half, but there was just those... Um, uh, just bad passes, some misplaced uh, uh, passes, and um, there wasn't an awful lot of um, clear chances at all. It seemed, uh, Ray. No, it was, there was pretty little going on. We were not creating anything, um, which you know, most games we do create. I'd say one or two chances in the first half. We weren't doing anything, and it worries you when you when we're not creating chances, we end up. You know, we've seen it many times, just uh, pumping aimless balls into the box for our midget strikers or midget attackers. So, um, it, yeah, it was a worry that we were just, we, we, you know, we had a decent team out there in the creative um, third of the pitch, but we weren't doing anything. 
Well, there, Bernard. Uh, Twenty-five minutes in, up came the 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 the, the mini screen, or at least on, on my TV. You you guys were at the ground, but it was uh, to announce that uh, just as you had hinted uh, earlier on, Sadio Mane had scored at Anfield. It was now Liverpool one, uh, Wolves one, and uh, yeah, everything was everything was conspiring to convince you that. Uh, you shouldn't have taken uh, the city fans shouldn't have taken any uh, any pleasure in the fact that wolves were leading it was never going to last never going to last at all okay so the city, the, we're half an hour in the 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 home crowd have done very have gone very very quiet um little bit of a chance for uh, gabriel jesus who apparently uh, if you read uh, the press is uh, on his way down to join uh, Arteta at Arsenal. Don't know how much truth there is on that, but he had a little chance. Poked the the ball down the left, uh, moves into the area, cuts across Mings nicely, and then wide of the post. And I'm struggling to remember uh, any uh, clear chances here uh, at all. Was was there even one, Bernard? Was there even one? Yeah, I think we mentioned it before, didn't we, at the start of the folding one, where it was quite a good move, actually. And... uh, Folden sort of slashed it, slashed it wide of the uh, right-hand post with uh, the keeper beaten. But uh, that was it, basically. As you said, the Jesus chance and the Folden mm-hmm. chance, I think that was that was about it in the first half as far as City were concerned. Well, uh, Ray, uh, Matty Cash from Villa got a chance and he put it in. Um, Aston Villa ahead. Uh, what did you think of that goal? Uh, was there anyone to blame? And uh, how were you feeling at that point? Were you getting that sinking feeling like the rest of us? It, 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 it was poor, poor play from City. You know, I mean, I haven't been, I'll be honest, I haven't been to that many games this season. Uh, what with, um, you know, with work and most weekends. Um, so I haven't seen live games. I've probably seen under 10 live games this season. Um but you, you see what you're missing. You can see what you're missing. If you watch that on telly, you wouldn't have seen how, I don't think, how poor we were. You know, we were just, we let it happen. You know, Matty Cash, he's there. Doesn't he play um, in, in defence? They attacked with, I think, seven players. They attacked with seven players. Um, and he just, he walked, he strolled into our box. Concello was just, wasn't even looking. So that was pretty poor from Concello. Nobody was putting pressure on them. You know, it's it's like they were abdicating responsibility to somebody else. It's like, yeah, go on, I'll put a crossing. So, you know, City player will head it out. You know, we'll be all right. And it was just, it was just pour out all over. Um, and, uh, you know, you, at that point you start shaking your head a little bit. Because I've always said with City, if we go behind, we need to score quickly. Otherwise, I think we can struggle. Um, you know, and and, st- and start losing a little bit of belief um, and, and, and lacking it in, in ideas. So I wanted us to, to score quickly in response, but we didn't do that either. Well, Bernard, it was a it was a, a dose of bad medicine. Didn't go down very well at all, and uh, it was just uh, Cash getting getting the blind side, I guess, of uh, of Cancelo and planting one past uh, past Ederson, who's. City fans were. I don't know how they managed to blame him, Ederson, for that, but but they did. Uh, how were you feeling at that point? Just a just 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 something to wake City up. I mean, what did you think? 
Well, you're feeling a bit frustrated, aren't you? So you're thinking, I mean, I just watched the goal back earlier on and Laporte as a centre-half got dragged over, uh, which left Cancelo chasing shadows and he couldn't get couldn't get to him. Yeah, Edison got a hand to it. I think this is why City fans are complaining about Edison because if you do get a hand to a ball, you, a lot of people think they should be able to keep it out and they're not far wrong. He did get quite a big hand on it. Um but obviously, it came so quickly at him that you know, you know, they're just as likely to go in as go out. So I'm not going to have a a real down on him with that. But one nil, thirty seventh minute, wasn't it? I think about thirty seven minutes. So yeah, as Ray said, we we needed hopefully to get one back before half time. I didn't want to go in at half time one nil down. Um, as it was, I think they very nearly went two nil up, didn't they? I think uh, their keeper did a big punt up the field. I'm not sure whether he was offside or not, but the guy on the half was it was it Watkins was Watkins, their main guy. Was in his yeah. own half. Yeah, half. I mean, he, he, they were both in. I think they were in his own half, and our player was sort of in line with him, but he, he got clear, and somehow it went wide of the post. I mean, it, if it had been two 0 at half time, yeah, perhaps we could have had another incredible comeback, but no, uh, we were very lucky to go in at half time one nil down, so we'd have to take that. Yeah, now at this point, City were basically just ahead of Liverpool on goal difference. But yeah, yeah, that chance, I think that, that the one that you're referring to is the 43rd minute. And, and uh, Watkins bullying Fernandinho off the ball, just overrunning the ball. Uh, Stones was should take credit for putting him under a, a bit of pressure, but it was, uh, it was a heck of a chance, that one. And there we go, guys. Um, that guy was beginning to like give me trepidations. That guy Watkins, because I actually think he's really, really good. Um, and uh, there it was, one nil at uh, halftime. Now, um, Ray, I suppose um, City fans were clutching at straws, thinking, "Okay, this is this is where you know City decide that they've had enough, and they're going to get that uh, you know rocket up the backside from." Um, from Guardiola in a dressing, a halftime dressing down and City would come out completely pumped up. Is that what happened for anyone who didn't watch it? We came out with a little, obviously Pep changed things up immediately, uh, hauling Fernandinho's ass off the pitch um, and uh, bringing Zinchenko on. Um, and we we looked better straight away. You know, we, we looked generally, initially more solid at the back, a little bit more creative as well with Zinchenko, willing to uh, to come forward. Um, so we had that on either side. We had uh, Cancelo on the right, being able to come forward better than Stones does, and Zinchenko on the left. I think we looked better. I think we, we started to create half chances for ourselves um, <laughs> before we got... We got a we got uh, <laughs> we got the rug pulled un, under from under our feet uh, by by Villa again. We were caught out yet again. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was it, it was comforting that at least Pep had seen what everyone had seen, and he switched to a conventional back uh, forward by taking off Fernandinho, who was getting a bit of the bit of a run around really, and uh, it did yield results and. Uh, Guys, uh, there were some. There, there, there were some. Well, initially, some great chances for City. There was the one uh, Zinchenko swerving past three Villa players and and uh, trying to get it back to Mares, but he's he's but Dina clears it. Then we had um, Jesus missing from four yards. Uh, great cross <laughs> from uh, Cancelo. 
Uh-huh. He, I think he should, Jesse should have used his left foot, but he wants to use his right foot. Uh, I think it yeah. would have been a better shot with his left. Uh, I just think that was a bad choice. Um, yeah, I think that sort of thing, if you look at it, if you look at it on replay, that's the sort of thing... Um, I'm not saying I'm anywhere near Jesus' standards, but as a sort of um, a natural striker, you sort of put your studs on that. You keep it down. You put your studs on the ball rather than put your foot under it, which is what Jesus did. You you go flat-footed towards it and put it, as, as Ray said there, with his left foot. Would have been perfect and a, and a half-decent uh, quality striker, which let's, Jesus has got a lot of lot of great things going for him, but is that instinct isn't there sometimes? And I think someone like Aguero or even Gundogan, uh, who we saw later on do something similar with, with a with a thing, would have actually gone flat footed and, and put his studs on it, and that would have that Jesus thing would have gone in the goal. That would have, that would have been. Uh, an equaliser, but he just he just showed his naivety there or his lack of his lack of striker's instinct. Yeah, guys, on the 51st minute, we had a, another uh, Rodri rocket that just whistled uh, past the post um, just a little bit. And then, as if to remind us that uh, we they were still in it, um, you know, 55 minutes there, Watkins threw again, giving everyone almost a heart attack, charging through on goal uh, just, um, just wide, um, Ray. And uh, the flag went up. After that incident for offside, but it looked like it was pretty onside to me. What did you think? I thought it was offside um, at the time, but um, look, you know, we were we were playing with the fire, dicing with death, uh, asking for it. You know, we look, we had to obviously play that high line, uh, take take risks a little bit at the back, which is what we normally do anyway. But you know, Villa not a poor side, and um, they were. Obviously, getting more um, more room than they would get against other, plenty of other sides, just because of the way we play. Um, and obviously, you know, you one nil down. Liverpool have just equalised. There's no way you can afford to go a, a second goal down because it's a very very long way back. And we knew, even at one one, that Liverpool would win. So we could not afford to concede a second goal. Um, Bernard, uh, 56th minute, City's next uh, substitution. This is Raheem Sterling replacing Mares. Um, Mares had done pretty much sweet FA up to that point. What did you think? Oh, dreadful, dreadful. Um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't alone, don't get me wrong. At that stage of the game, he wasn't much worse than anybody else, in all fairness. But yeah, he's got to drag someone off, and obviously, that, that's um. Desperation, desperation tactics, which uh, at the end of the day, for hopefully Sterling to come on and produce a little bit of magic. We'll talk about it later. But uh, yeah, I mean, Mares was rubbish. But you know, as I said, uh, you can't say anyone else was doing any better. But it was a, a straightforward switch for Pep to make, I think. Uh, Ray, a lot of City fans were trying to get their excuses in early on Twitter, and there was a lot of talk about Mares and the penalty. Uh, miss um, against West Ham and uh, uh, how much um, validity in there is there is the argument that this you know if it hadn't have been for Mares we you know this game would have counted for very little yeah yeah he should have scored against West Ham simple as that you know I don't care if a goalkeeper dives the right way the penalty should be good enough to go in regardless and it wasn't it was there to be saved and the keeper saved it so you know, there's a lot, obviously, a lot of pressure on Mares, but he, he didn't. Um, 
He didn't live up to it. So, you know, this game would have been pretty much a formality with us seven or eight, would have been eight goals up on Liverpool uh, on goal to Prince. And, and um, there was, there's no way they could bridge that gap uh, without us taking a pasting and then winning handsomely. So, yeah, the, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's moments here and there shouldn't make the difference. It's a 38 league game season, so it's what happens throughout all the season. But what was fresh in the mind, Mares missing that. Um, and yet, like you say, he'd, he'd done nothing. I think I, fa- I thought he was greedy again, trying to do stuff and be the hero. Um, you know, but like Bernard said, no one was uh, shining, no one was, um, you know, giving us a reason to not substitute them. You, you could have probably taken any one of three or four players off when Maros come on. Now, guys, uh, the next uh, the next two minutes I'm going to mention is the 69th and the 70th. I'm going to let uh, Bernard. Um, just uh, give his comments on this and then go straight to Ray. 69th minute, City substitution. Gundogan on for Bernardo. The City had lose, used all their substitutes, but but uh, Bernard, he'd only been on the pitch one minute and Coutinho put Aston Villa 2-0 up. Everyone is literally, you know, all those memes going up, you know, from the airplane movie, you know, pick the wrong day to give up smoking, pick the wrong way to, the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. Um, Tell us about that. And then, Ray. I think what annoyed me most is, is that, I mean, again, it pretty much came not from much happening as far as Villa were concerned. They weren't doing that much. We were having our half chances and playing OK. Um, and I think it started, I, thought, I think Rodri got out, jumped into it. I mean, he's a big lad, Rodri. And he, he, the other week, he scored a, a great goal with a header from a corner. But he, he got out, jumped in the last, in the final third easily. And obviously, he, he shouldn't be doing that because he, I mean, he's had a great season, don't get me wrong, but he, he should have done a lot better with it. But once Coutinho picked it up, I mean, you know, you can't give, I mean, he's got great qualities. He's, you know, I'd never liked him particularly. But he's got some assets, and what a fantastic the way he turned Laporte. Laporte obviously didn't have much time to do anything. Laporte he got turned once, and by the time he turned back to try and get a block in, Coutinho had fired it in, and Edison was literally on the wrong foot. He didn't even move; he just watched it go in the net. Again, he's received criticism for that, but in in no way would I say that because it's sort of like an Aguero goal where he just turns it one way and then suddenly smacks it the other way, and obviously the goalkeeper can't do a thing about it. Uh, you know, and the, and as I said, we mentioned Gerard early on, and and Ray was on about the Gerard and Coutinho, and it looked as though it was there to haunt us. It looked as though the the footballing gods had, you know, they'd, they'd been against us a little bit with our injuries to the centre backs, etc. And I thought the footballing gods, well, this is it. This is Coutinho's just putting two 0 ahead. Uh, is there any coming back? I mean, you know, um, we, sh- we shouldn't say, you know, uh, I'm going to admit I didn't think so. I looked at my lad, my lad looked at me and said, we said, that's it, that's it. We're not coming back into this. It was still 1-1, of course, at Anfield. But we, as I said, we were fairly confident they were going to win anyway. So, yeah, uh, superb from Coutinho. I, I can't, as I said, Roger was a bit weak, but well-taken goal and uh, we're 2-0 behind and, um, we're, we're heads in hands moment, isn't it again, guys? Yeah, Ray. Um, the the Villa were 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 so confident they took uh, continue off three minutes later. But um, you you and um and Bernard didn't really have the choice being at the ground. But uh, 
some city fans <laughs> left, you know, as I saw someone yeah. uh, leaving near me, I, I was very tempted. Uh, but, you know, you, you think you've got to stay, I've said it before, you've got to try and stay and take your punishment. Um, <laughs> you can't just run away. Um, well, the one thing I did immediately that second goal went in, um, I, I, on social media, I, I, put everything, I put myself on private. Uh, I didn't want Liverpool fans <laughs> to give some grief. Um, I'm sure there'd been, there, there would have been a few uh, bookmark tweets to, to come back at me uh, over this last eight or nine months. Um, and obviously, you know, when we when we when we were three two up, I I, I put them back live again, <laughs> I put them public again. Uh, but um, yeah, at that I remember if I had the energy, I didn't have the energy. I, I was just thinking back to the QPI game, and there was a fella who took his shirt off, or he had his shirt off, and he started slamming it on his on his seat. And you <laughs> see that from time to time in the videos uh, when you look back at the, that game in the highlights. Um, and I was very tempted to take my top off and start slamming it in uh, against my chair because it was so frustrating. We have been the better team this season by far. You know, uh, the first six months we were pretty much brilliant, and we've stumbled in the last, uh, you know, two or three months. We've mixed in some awesome performances with some some pretty bang average performances, if I'm honest. Um, and I just thought, come on, you know, I, I, I'll tell you about my day. I, I was up, I think, about five o'clock. I mean, no, I know Bernard is, is an early bird, but I was up, at, I think, five. I, I had to go up to Newcastle, which, so I was just over two hours away to see somebody. Then I had a job there. I had to leg it back um, home. And, and this is what I was thinking. I legged it back home. I had to order a taxi because there's no way I could park near the ground. I got to the ground about 10 or 15 minutes before kickoff. Got in the, into the ground. City have served this up to me after all I've been through to get here, uh, and and they served up this dross. And now we're two 0 down. And you know my long day is going to uh, pr- prove to be ultimately prove to be unrewarded. Um, you know it was. I think it was sickening. And it was silent. I think the last time I remember it as quiet as that was probably when we played United in the Centurion season and we were 2-0 up at half-time and they got two goals in the second half. It was pretty quiet then and when they scored the third goal, it was even quieter. Uh, it felt very, very similar because the only people really singing were the Villa fans. Well, I don't know about uh, I don't know about uh, anybody else but certainly that seemed to be the end for me. I switched off my... Uh, my my live feed and uh, walked off and thought, I'm not, not coming back. Yeah, plastic. plastic. But I'm back at it. It's it's like an addiction. Two minutes later, I'm back again, trying to get my live feed up again. And uh, I don't know how many minutes we we had to suffer at that stage before um, we had uh, uh, the first city goal. Uh, Bernard, uh, there was a chance from a bit of defiance from De Bruyne who fired over the bar from about 15 yards away. There's a possibility that Sterling was offside in the build-up, but um, uh, 76th minute it was Aston Villa 2, Manchester City 1, or the other way around because we're at home. Gunduan, the 76th minute. Tell us about this one. It was something that I thought was um, what a lot of people were calling a consolation goal. What did you think, uh, Bernard? 
Well, I certainly didn't think it was a consolation goal at the time. I thought, obviously, with on the 76 minutes, we still had at least uh, 17 or 18 minutes left. So, But obviously, what a goal. I mean, and it was all to do with the guy who came on that we were talking about before, who, you know, if he played like this every week, uh, there'd be no doubt we, we were paying him a bigger contract. He'd be, he'd be signing on the dotted line and he'd be staying with us if he did this sort of thing every week. But he doesn't. I mean... Uh, I accept the Villa the Villa defenders uh, were a bit lax. Uh, they showed him to the right hand side, and Sterling took it. He took full advantage of it. Superb. He just you know he just went to he got that extra half a yard, and a fantastic cross. I mean you know you you know even KDB whoever couldn't have done any better than that. And of course it, it beat the keeper. It beat the guy at the back and uh, Gundogan who. He's always better. He's always better when he's a bit further up the pitch. We know that. We know that. He's got that ability. I mean, I don't like him shooting on the 18-yard box because he tries to side foot it, and he's not. He's not Rodri. We'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, absolutely stunning. That was a classic. Uh, you know, the header wasn't it at the back post, right down into the net. Goalie's got no chance. But what a cross from Sterling and Gundo in right place, right time. And we know Gundogan can do that, but a lot of the time Pep doesn't play him in those sort of positions, though, so we don't get to see it. But it's uh, obviously a fantastic, uh, fantastic goal, and we're backing it on 76 minutes with uh, 14 plus injury time to go. Pretty good substitutions, eh, Ray? I mean, it, it looked like that, um, uh, as we saw a little bit uh, later, not too much later anyway. It's almost as if that Pep had said to Gundogan, just stick to that. That post some, uh, your chances will come. Um, he said about, but the thing is, Mike, he said about Gundogan afterwards, he said, Gundogan knows when to arrive. He, he knows when to arrive in the box. He's not one second early, one second late. And we saw that with the two goals he scored. And the other thing about Gundogan that I like when he's on the pitch, he controls the ball. He controls the game. You know, he rarely gives it away. And he looks so calm after Edison. I think he's one of the you know the calmest on the pitch. Um and you know he, he scored the first one. We know he scored the third one. He had a, a, a hand in in the second goal as well with a with a, an early pass and then just his movement just you know uh ghosting into the box and, and taking a player away and, and leaving the space for, for Rodri to have the to have his shot. Um he's, he's a fantastic player and obviously Fans had been worried uh, a few days beforehand because he was out of the country. They thought he was off negotiating his um, move away from City. And so lots of rumours. I don't know who started them. Um, but, um, yeah, I think he's, uh, it came out that he was he was off to get married. And uh, I think his missus had to, uh, you know, confirm and, you know, because I think things were getting out of hand. So I, I wasn't really following it all. Uh, but he got married on my birthday, so it's something I will I will remember now. Um, <laughs> happy, oh, happy birthday, mate! Belated birthday. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so um, I'm getting younger every year. Don't worry. Um, Check. Bernard, uh, Bernard was. Good. Uh, he's exactly right, uh, Ray, about um, about uh, the effectiveness of Gundogan. Some Twitter wag asked the question, is this a case of new wife bounce? 
What did you reckon? <laughs> well, you have to ask his wife that, won't we? But <laughs> it did do many harm, did it? Like, let's put it, let's put it that way. I mean, obviously, in the old days, these certain things you couldn't, you know, they have to sleep away from the your wives and stuff like that. But uh, it certainly did do many harm. I think, I think we should uh, make a habit well, for all next season for all the guys to do that. Whatever he did on his wedding night, he can do it any time <laughs> for me because if he's going to. Look, you know, if he if he can pop up and score two goals uh, and score in the game as well, fantastic. <laughs> if you can score twice. Okay. Look, if you can score twice in in you know in less than ten minutes, <laughs> good on you, fella. Yeah, I think I think well, looking looking at his wife, guys. If I if I had a wife like that, I'd have a spring in my step as well. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, now before before we get uh, banned for um, being sexist, guys, let's move quickly on. Um, uh, Bernard, th- the next goal was sweetly stuck, struck by Rodri. Now it was struck in such <laughs> a way that did did you not expect Rodri to whip up his shirt with um, the sign <laughs> "Why always me" um, struck on it? It was slightly reminiscent, wasn't it? It was a totally unrodry type strike, wasn't it? Let's be fair about it. It was, it was very Gundogan type. Actually, that's the sort of way Gundogan usually strikes a ball from distance. And I, I, it took me a while to figure out how he hit it. It just looked as though he'd shaped for it really weirdly. And to get that much power, I mean, I slagged him off before for his defending abilities when we went two nil down. But hey, he made up for it. I mean, you know, if he'd put his laces through that one, he might, he might have hit Rose Zed. But uh, no, absolutely, absolutely stunning. Let's not take anything away from that other super sub. We had three super subs, didn't we? Let's be, you know, in this game, Zinchenko for me. Uh, we don't lose anything from playing Zinchenko left back as opposed to Cancelo. It doesn't bother me one iota playing either of those two guys. They both have different ways of doing it. But Zinchenko is just as effective sometimes on that right. And he, so he obviously deserves full credit. And as you said, I think Ray said before, uh, the players in the box taking players out, Gundogan running into space, dra- dragging defenders away, allowing Rodri to be free on the edge of the box. And yeah, just a fantastic, as I said, very unlike Rodri strike. But hey, we'll, we'll take that. And uh, yeah, all pan- cue pandemonium with the... Uh, uh, still a long time left, and, and we're at level pegging. Well, Ray, tell us your thoughts about that, and uh, did you lose your mental equilibrium like most of the rest of us? What, for that second goal? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the, the guy behind, well, a couple of guys behind me, um, you know, they started off in their row, and they finished somewhere else, <laughs> rolling down. You know, we, there was a lot of squashing going on, uh, considering we're, we're supposed to have seats, um, but you know, it looks City, City fans went ape, absolutely ape, uh, and as as we should, you know, it's quite right. You know, we we scored two goals in about four minutes or something, three minutes. Um, it was crazy. It was you watch that build up. Zinchenko, I think, took a couple of men on. You know, he took his man on, and then he he rolled the ball back. And what had happened was Gundogan had. Uh, you know, was in was in that space, and he'd ambled into the box, taking the defender with him. And uh, Rodri came in to fill that space, and uh, the defender uh, came, or the midfielder came out too too slowly, too late. And Rodri just side footed it, and he didn't think it would go in. I thought the goalie would save that. I honestly did. I was sat, uh, stood right behind there, 
And I thought the goalie would just get down to it. But, you know, he was a bit slow, a bit late. Maybe he was slightly unsighted, wrong-footed, because um, he was already going the other way because he'd started on, the, uh, actually stood at the near post when I think Zinchenko was uh, beating his man on, on, on the left. Uh, and then he, he was moving across the other way as uh, when, he, when he pulled the ball back. So maybe he was slightly wrong-footed and he was slightly... Slow to get down. Look at all these little things that happen have to happen in your favour um, for the you know for us to score that goal. And yeah, game on. I mean, you know, we had the momentum. We had that. We had that. The passion was back. You know, and and Villa were. It was Villa's turn to wobble. You could you could see it. You know, they they were losing the heart when they were winning. When they were in the game, they had heart. Once they you know we scored the, the second goal, especially. You could see them visibly wilting, and we just had to keep on at them. And the third goal surely would come. Absolutely. Um, the pessimists among City fans were thinking, "Okay, well, here is the minute where Liverpool uh, score uh, their, you know, their 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 goal." It didn't actually happen, but uh, we didn't hardly chance to catch your breath, Bernard, because um, uh, somebody by the name of Kevin De Bruyne did something. And then Gundogan did something else. Tell us about this and your reaction. And did you get turned up, turned upside down, and, <laughs> and you know, and uh, thrown along, you know, by your colleagues in your part of the ground? What happened? Yeah, I mean, KDB had a, again had a pretty awful game, like most of them. He hadn't really done that much, but he could see even him, himself. I mean, once we got that equaliser, they're all up for it. He could see all over the pitch. There was a extra, extra little. You know, skipping the in the in the pace of all the city players, extra half a yard. They were winning things. They were getting things. And uh, I think was it Mings? Was it got a lot of criticism for for not clearing his lines particularly well? I mean, I think he was just trying to get it out. But the thing is, when when he did, he did sort of stop the ball coming through. I think there was two Villa players who were favourite to get it. Uh, and KDB just was so alert, was just so up for it that he just nipped in and got the ball. And even one of the def- one of the defenders jumped jumped up in the air with frustration because he he knew he should have got to it before KDB, but he, he sort of got it superb. He thought, is he going to shoot? What's he going to do? And just one of those tantalising balls across the box that is is. Is hearted. You can't defend those sort of balls, and you can't teach someone to play them sort of balls either. It was just absolutely superb to that back post. He knew where uh, old the old German bomber was going to be at the back post again. And for me, yeah, any other person might have stuck it in with his left foot, but uh, no, uh, Gundogan just side footed it in with his right foot. Just a nice little side foot into the goal. I mean, if that had been Sterling, it might have gone over the bar. We've seen that before, but uh, no, uh, Gundo Gundo did the business. But all, all even before that, say the city players were were dominating and getting to that ball before the Villa players and KDB just emphasised that by getting to that ball, putting one a, a superb cross. He didn't out for a lot of the game, but when it this is why it annoys me just a little bit that I know we improved when he went off against Real Madrid, but why the hell do you take someone like KDB off in a game? I, I just don't know because you know what he's capable of. Uh, and he was capable of a superb ball to the back post. And again, the uh, German hero just just was there to stick it in. Well, now, how did all of that go down in the world of Ray? Oh, same. It was the second goal all over, then times two and dip it in chocolate um, <laughs> and put some sprinkles on as well and some uh, some raspberry ripple sauce or something because 
you know, you know, we hadn't, you know, it's all coming so quick, it's sticking fast, and we, you know, we'd only just like got our breath back from you know that amazing two or three minutes where we scored two goals, um, and uh, you know, and, and then we 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 end up scoring this one, and we wanted it, man. We had the desire, Villa, you know, Ming's shocking control. Uh, no wonder he's not been picked for England for this summer. Um, and KDB wanted it. The other uh, the Villa players put, put very little effort in, and as Bernard said, tantalising ball uh, across to the far post. And he didn't even need to look because, you know, you put a, a, a wonderful ball like that in, you shouldn't need to look. You should be expecting someone to be arriving in the box. And, you know, I, I think if this was next season, if this was next season, Gundogan doesn't score that goal. I honestly don't think Gundogan would have scored that goal next season because Haaland would have nipped in and got it in the middle of the box rather than at the far post. So that kind of pass deserves a goal. Um, and, you know, you need somebody who can read what's going on. And as Bernard said, somebody else might have missed mm-hmm. that. You know, we saw Gabriel Jesus with his chance. He missed it. Sterling's missed him in the past. I think even Foden. And um, Foden's pretty reliable. Uh, but Gundogan, I think he's the man, you know, and... Uh, you know, I'm glad to say that he. Sh- I don't think he's leaving City, which is which is good news. Uh, I think we, you know, there's there's plenty more that he can offer, uh, offer us. Um, yeah, three two. Yeah, we you know we were people were launching themselves. You know, um, <laughs> the w- woman in front of me, she hadn't been watching the game. She said she couldn't watch. You know, uh, she she didn't even want to go because she was so nervous. And then she's there, and then you know we're losing two. And I, I told her. Once we'd scored, you know, because she turned her back on it, I think, at 2-0. I said, well, you're not allowed to watch it now because you weren't watching for the three goals. Uh, so why, why why should we be allowed to watch? Actually, it's quite an interesting one. Uh, um, Natalie Pike um, was uh, t- telling us uh, that she she was in the lift when the third goal went in because she obviously she has got reporting, you know, work um, at, uh, at the ground. And uh, she went down a little bit early, with about just over ten minutes to go. And she was in the lift when the roar went up, so she missed the goal. And um, was it? And Pep made fun of her. Pep made fun of her at the parade for um, being in the lift. I, you know, obviously someone had grasped her up, and everybody knew that uh, she'd been in the lift while the goal went in. So um, it was quite quite a, a funny one. But yeah, that's you know, we were look, we were delirious. I mean, you know, as I said, whatever you think delirious is, we were worse than that. It was just an, an an amazing an amazing turnaround, and you know, for someone like me who hadn't been there at ninety three twenty because I was uh, living in France then, um, you know, and and I and I'm too young to to have gone to the game against Gilligan. I mean, that that's for your that's for your Collins and, um, <laughs> and Bernards of this world. I'm I'm just a mere whippersnapper, you slip of a thing. I am. Uh, um, I believe you, Millie's wouldn't. <laughs> but so no, but to be at that this game when we've done it the hard way, and you know a lot of people, it's a cliche, but City put us through the ringer. They really did put us through the ringer. Look, the game wasn't over, and they were still going to, you know, Villa was still going to have their chance. And I, you know, the players thought it was won, the fans thought it was won, and I said, I, I can't believe it's won until that final whistle goes. Um, you know, such is the ways City can still let us down. Um, but I've got to say, we finished the game in 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 a manner and a style that I think the fans appreciated. For about three minutes, we were just messing about <laughs> with the ball at the corner flag, and City fans were cheering. We were loving that, you know, 
Um, it is actually uh, it's one of the nice I actually think it's a very negative way to finish a game but it's also for the fans a very enjoyable way to finish the game because suddenly and we haven't mentioned this before suddenly the Villa players who had been wasting time from the very first minute thanks to the help from the referee not one you know not booking anybody uh, and I remember when, when he was talking to the Villa captain he he was wasting more time by talking to the captain and warning him to tell the players, you know, uh, to stop wasting time. Why just book the goalkeeper? What once he's done it twice? Why are you warning these people? Once he's done it twice, you know what? What he did it at least three times in the first half, where he'd get the ball uh, for a goal kick, have the defenders around him, wait a few seconds, and then you know, gesture for everybody to go up the pitch. He did it at least three times. It's just wasting time. Uh, it really is frustrating um, when that happens. But it was really, uh, was, what's the right word, Mike? Schadenfreude? Uh, when the the, the, Villa, yeah, the Villa players were, were desperately trying to get that ball when it was in the corner. And we were just wasting time. And they just couldn't handle it. And I think about, set, was it seven Villa players, uh, Liverpool fans? Something stupid like that. So it was just, it was extra sweet. Um, to, to pull one over Gerard's sloppy G's eyes, uh, pull one over Coutinho, pull one over uh, Jurgen Klopp with his red rum teeth. Um, it was just great to pull one over Liverpool and, and all their, most of their fans are, you know, that you come across on social media are pretty distasteful. Um, they're a bunch of cults, uh, as, as the expression goes. Well, uh, Bernard, um, this was the thing that uh, gave me a lot of pleasure. A lot of City uh, fans who were watching on TV a pleasure because you two guys were at the game, so you didn't get to to see what we saw. We were watching these on feeds and, and the like. But uh, one person who 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 uh, did certainly didn't think it was over was uh, Mohamed Salah because three minutes hmm. later, three minutes later, we we get we we go into split screen mode for those who were watching it. Because Salah scored for Liverpool, put them 2-1 up against Wolves, and Salah thinks it's one. Now, this was just beautiful. He was herring towards the Liverpool supporters in ecstasy, you know, putting on his war war face. Uh, gets as far as the, um, as the supporters uh, on the touchline, Bernard, who promptly um, informed uh, him that uh, it wasn't 3-3 at the Etihad, as though some false rumour had gone round. But uh, the look on his face was priceless when he discovered that his um, his so-called winning goal hadn't got them anywhere uh, closer to this uh, much-desired second league title in 30 years. Uh, did you, you? You obviously saw that later. What did you think of that, Bernard? Yeah, I'd say you saw the thing where it was supposedly 3-3, wasn't it? And obviously they were all getting excited. And, and that was his Aguero moment, wasn't it? I think for Salah, that was hopefully his, his sort of moment in time that he could sort of etch in memory for all Liverpool fans for him in perpetuity, sort of thing. Uh, I just can I just say, guys, what one thing? Just going to go back to the equalise, uh, the first goal and the second goal. What what the hell were City fans doing throwing blue flares on the pitch when we just got one goal back? And then we equalised, and another flare went. So, I mean, each time a flare went on the pitch, what total idiots do that when we need to get the ball, get up, get on the pitch and score an equalise and get a winner? I, I just don't understand the sense. Well, the lot, it came from where I, in the south stand where I stand, but obviously I couldn't, didn't, 
I didn't see where it came from, but the ab- absolute lunatics, absolute ridiculous thing. All right, we might talk about the pitch invasion and what happened with that, or supposedly happened with that. But uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was absolutely pathetic. I mean, I doubt I doubt the guys are listening to this who did it, but I know what what idiocy. All right, a three two up, do it or something like that. Even then, at a pinch, it, you know, do it at full time. Don't do it. Don't do it at that stage. But anyway, I had to say that. But yes, we we, we poor old poor old Salah anyway it's uh i'm sure he'll make up for it uh tomorrow night is it, is it tomorrow night or sunday i can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah, whenever yeah. they're playing i'm sure he'll make up for it but uh, yes it was, it was nice to see on on reflect you know looking back at it well two points i want to quickly make is i totally agree with vernon with the blue prayers we were you know some of us older fans we were apoplectic with the with rage because it was just wasting time you know if you'd ended up throwing a flare and in, hitting the goalkeeper on the head and injuring him, who knows what I mean, would have Edson, happened. Edson nearly got hit by one the other week, yeah. uh, by a blue flare from our own fans. Yeah, and what, can you imagine if it was 2-all? I mean, it would, the, the flares were thrown at 2-1. Uh, there must have been, I can't remember, 20, 30 flares thrown during that game. At 2-1, just imagine it hits the goalkeeper and he has to go off injured, and they, and they abandon the game and say, right, you're going to end up losing the game 2-1. Just imagine if... You know, I think they wouldn't have done that, but they could have done that. Um, and there was something else was thrown. I don't know if it was it was a flare. There was something else thrown on the pitch at the keeper, and it missed him. Uh, it was ridiculous. And these these fans, if you say anything to them, they, they'll they, they're ready to fight. They're ready to kill you if you say anything to them. And this is the kind of behaviour that they get involved with. And they want to, you know, jump down your throat on social media or in real life if you complain about their behaviour. But it was despicable, coward. It was cowardly and stupid um, behaviour to, to to chuck all that stuff on the pitch. And and moving on to that Salah moment, apparently it was Wolves fans who started this um, rumour or this clapping and cheering to sort when it was, um, to, you know, pretending that um, um, Villa had equalised. And then obviously the Liverpool fans took it up and started cheering as well. And it reminds me of that woman. Remember the lady in red? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In was, you know, uh, it was pumping her arms up and down. And then suddenly she finds out that, um, you know, it's it's um, City of Scott and the one and, it, you know, it takes the wind uh, out of her sails. It was also interesting. Klopp. Klopp again. Asked, well, he was asking, well, why are the Wolves fans cheering for City <laughs> winning? Why are they cheering? You know, and their team's losing. They don't get it. They don't get it, do they? You know, it's the no, same as no. United, you know, and Ferguson, Ferguson saying, why are the Sunderland fans cheering? Why are they taking the piss out of us? Why, why were the Wolves fans taking the piss out of Liverpool? Because they don't like you. They don't like the fans. They don't like the club. They don't like the manager. Okay, and some of the players because they've got that. As I said, it's cultish behaviour where they they think they're superior to everybody else. It means more. It means more to them apparently than anybody else. Hmm. Well, guys, uh, fascinating stuff. And of course, uh, uh, Gerard tried to respond by bringing on uh, ex Liverpool ex Liverpool player Danny Ings. And uh, what what amused me quite a lot was uh, two minutes before the 90, they brought on Ashley Young. And I could just see it now. What would just round us off nicely is 
you know, City do enjoy, you know, playing pass ball in the corner flag with uh, Ashley Young running between them, getting, you know, increasingly frustrated. Um, you know, pigeons above, you know, get get in on the act as well. And uh, that that didn't happen for uh, Young this time, but um, I, I bet he was uh, he was excited to get on at that stage of the game. Couple of minutes to go. Uh, just two minutes later, of course, Liverpool scored again at, uh, at Anfield, just making it. Uh, nice and tight, na- nice and secure from their point of view. Didn't do them any good. We got four added minutes. Uh, Foden went down with cramp. Ederson went down with a hamstring injury, <clears throat> or some people might say a little bit of shithousery. Um, but that I, I don't know if that well, was. They started falling place. down all over the place. They started falling down all over the place. That's what it should have done against Real Madrid. I mean, absolutely <laughs> another ridiculous thing. You know, we did, we played it right against Villa. We did the right things, and you know, shithouse as you say. But why the hell didn't this team of professionals do the same against Real Madrid? Ah, it's beyond me. I don't want to bring us down, but uh, they did all the right things against Villa, which they didn't. They didn't do in that game. But uh, yeah, and Jesus, Jesus is one of the most brilliant he might be leaving us of course now we're getting rumours left right and centre but uh, he's great at that like Bernardo is if he was on the pitch he would have been great at doing that in the corner and Grealish is another one but Jesus is brilliant he's brilliant at getting in that corner and keeping hold of it it's superb Uh, I'll I'll give him top marks just just for that last couple of minutes Mm -hmm. and uh, then Ray of course we have Q pitch invasion and uh, I don't know what you think about pitch invasions. I, I didn't really think it was that bad, but we did sour it a little bit. It's a, Raves talking about, we've got this kind of new generation of fans now and uh, younger ones who are on Twitter begging you to follow them and retweet them. Uh, that's, a, that's become a little bit of a phenomenon. I mean, everyone has seen that uh, recently. But it um, seems like a couple of them um, got the hold of the, uh, the Villa goalkeeper and uh, gave him a few, Ray. It's more than a couple, okay? We saw it um, in the uh, playoff game between Sheffield United and uh, was it Nottingham Forest, where a, pl- uh, a fan headbutted Billy Sharp. Uh, this fan is doing, um, you know, almost six months um, in jail now. We saw where Ollie McBurney, a uh, Sheffield United player, was stamping on a fan. You know, whatever whatever's happened, you, you, the player can't do that. Now, and if if everything's right, the player should be doing some time in, in, in the slammer as well because you can't do that. Get off the pitch and you know, if someone's doing something, you don't need to retaliate in such a manner that someone who's on the floor, you stamp on them and kick them. It was crazy. We saw Vieira, you know, have a fan obviously say something unpleasant to him and Vieira kicked the guy. It's happening. I think, I can't remember now. I heard a stat. It's happened so many times this season with pitch invasions. And something's happened. City fans, you know, before the end of the game, it said, "Don't run, don't you know, you're not allowed to go on the pitch." And I said to the next to me, "It ain't going to stop them. It ain't going to stop them." You know, the police, you know, they had made some attempts, but it's not going to stop them. And the thing is, the the fans, are, some of them, you know, they're a bit too quick. They get on that pitch, and the players can't even get off properly. And I think a couple of City fans hit the the Villa keeper. Other fans climbed on the crossbar and brought the crossbar. Um, and I, I actually tweeted this. And, you know, people might think it's, it's ridiculous that I say this. People are happy and everything else. I said, will City ban every single fan who went on the pitch? No chance. If you're going on your own, 
you'll you'll probably get banned. So why? What's the difference between two or three thousand uh, fans going on and one person on their own? You know, because they say, "Hey, we've won the league. We're having a good time. We're enjoying it." Well, if we score a wonderful last-minute goal, why can't I run on the pitch and 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 you know take Bernard or whoever I want with me? Just run on the pitch because hey, we're having a good time. We're having a good moment. We just won a game or whatever. It's ridiculous. And at some point, something's going to have to be done. It's a minority, but there are thousands of fans on the pitch. Absolutely, thousands of them. And, you know, I'd be interested to see the banning orders will only come. I think a couple of fans got banned for, for, for misbehaving. And I think some of the ones who brought the crossbar will will face some sort of punishment if they can find out who they are. And obviously the ones who uh, attacked the, the Villa keeper. But it's it's crazy. You know, it's absolutely crazy that um, fans are doing this. And, you know, in other sports, it's just not tolerated. It's not allowed. But what can what can the police or what can the stewards do if two or three thousand fans come on the pitch? Even if two or three hundred come on, and at some point someone's going to get, you know, who's to say if two or three thousand fans get on the pitch, two or three hundred don't run down the tunnel and chase the players, you know, because the stewards and the police aren't going to stop them if there's a mob of two two or three hundred, and you know. Um, Who's to say the Villa fans couldn't have got on the pitch? Or if you're playing United, you know, and you you know what horrible feral beasts some of their their fans are. What if they get on the pitch and chase the City players and attack? It's a crazy situation, and someone's going to give. You know, someone's going to get seriously hurt, and then they're going to you know put, put us in cages again, or something's going to happen. Just when we start to move to hopefully to the real seating where we can you know, safe standing. Um. It's going to be a backward step, and it's all because of a minority of fans who think they're entitled to do and behave and in whatever manner they want, and it's to the detriment. You know, the rest of us are going to suffer. Welcome on, Bernard. It's time for you to confess that was you and your son, wasn't it, swinging off those crossbars? <laughs> I saw a few kilts on, I think, actually, on the, on the swinging on the crossbar. I think they came from Wembley from a long, long time ago. Raised far too young, according to him, to remember, remember that. that. <laughs> That's for sure. But uh, no, my, we have been on in the past, but we just, we just sat quiet. Well, sat, no, we stood quietly in the south stand and just watched it all. Then you watch it for five minutes and then you get a bit miffed about it, don't you? Say, come on, get off now, guys. You've been on bloody hell. What you got to stay on there for? You know, and uh, I was a bit angry as well to see a few City fans going over to the Villa fans and right, we've got no love for them. Let's be honest about it. They don't have any love for us. So, but uh, I was a bit miffed to see the stewards having to sort of all certain fans back trying to goad the Villa fans. But that's probably more not not acceptable, but not not as bad as uh, attacking Villa players, which is totally wrong. But uh, having watched it back, I mean. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not overly convinced that he got hurt in any way whatsoever. I was expecting to see bruises and cuts or something like that. But uh, I think one of the guys just tried to ruffle his hair. In all fairness, but uh, yeah, it's just not. It's just not on. It's just not on. But uh, as I say, no. Uh, we decided. We agreed that uh, we were not going to go on the pitch this time. Well, absolute pandemonium on the sidelines, uh, uh, guys, and. Uh... Uh, we had this strange situation, didn't we, where they had uh, sent a team to Liverpool with a replica trophy uh, and uh, obviously the real trophy <laughs> um, at the Etihad uh, with another presenting team. 
And uh, I noticed that some wag who will be, who will remain nameless, uh, stuck up a picture of uh, the three uh, Scousers from the Harry Enfield uh, TV show back in the uh, back in the day, um, and made the comment that um, it's very unlikely that the Premier League are going to get that replica trophy back. Uh, <laughs> I would say that's probably has probably been you know siphoned away somewhere and stuck in their trophy cabinet. But anyway, there are still going to get a hand on another one, Mike. You know, the one one uh-huh. in thirty years or whatever it is, 30, 31 years of the Premier League, Liverpool have won one trophy. So, you know, yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to nick that one because hopefully they're not going to get another one anytime soon. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. And uh, cue the, the celebrations, which would have went on pretty much all night long. And um, um, we had the 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 uh, the, the, the bust uh Tour through the the city in the next game. Did either of you guys go to that? By the way, the um, the open top bus thing. No, I mean I, I just I, I, my lad was working anyway. But I thought, well, as you know, now I've seen it. We're there at the Etihad. You don't really need to. That's more for the kids and people who didn't go. I think to watch a bus go past and wave and shout at it for like twenty seconds is isn't my idea of fun these days. But uh, I noticed obviously a lot of Liverpool fans having a dig at how wonderful their trophy presentations and possessions are. Once in 30 years, yeah. you know. Yeah. You forget that it becomes... I mean, if we if that had been our first trophy for, what, you know, a few years, yeah, I probably would have gone, but I'm sorry. I was there at the Etihad. I watched them get the trophy. I, I would, yeah, yeah, on a normal thing. Yeah, I'd love to go and have a drink and go and watch it, but, you know, I had work the next day, so, I mean, what's the point? It's, it's just... Uh, you know, as I said, it's like the Newcastle fans saying, oh, you know, they sell out Wembley and they sell far more seats than we would. Yeah, well, we would when we only went once every 30, 40 years. Of course we would. Everyone would snap up the tickets like nobody's business. It's all it's all garbage. It's all, it's all small man, big car syndrome as far as Liverpool fans are concerned. It's, you know, it's it's that sort of element. You just want to have a dig. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. jealousy, isn't it? At the end of the day, that's it. They're jealous that it's not them. Uh, and they need to find a way to re- retaliate. Just be, be, be bigger people. Be humble. Yeah. And just say, yeah. you know, and just say, look, yeah, you, you beat us fair and square. You deserve it. Well done. I'm sure mm-hmm. some City fans would have said that to Liverpool. You know, if Liverpool had won it, I'd have said to my Liverpool mates, you know, yeah, well done. You know, you deserve it. You you fought hard. You you know, you come back from 14 points that they keep telling us, but it was actually 14 points and two games in hand. Um, you've come back from that to, to, to win it, so you know you deserve a, a fair bit of credit for that. But you know these people who get—it's crazy. Just you know, give more, uh, giving it large, and it's like just, just, just accept it. You know, lose with good grace. Hmm. Well, guys, uh, uh, lovely to see uh, Fernandinho come out and raise that trophy. Quite a fantastic way to. To end your career at City, isn't it? Actually, yeah, just li- lifting the the trophy on another um, another uh, uh, title win. Um, quite a bit of um, com- quite a bit interesting comments. Um, There's quite a lot of um, focus on Jack Grealish, actually, particularly from Simon Jordan of Talksport, who again called uh, Grealish a moron. Um, <laughs> Did did he overdo it a little bit, um, Bernard? Is it particularly with um, making a joke about um, Almiron of uh, of Newcastle and saying that um, 
that Marius played like him. Um, does um, was was that a bit tasteless? Do you think? No, no. Why not? Let him enjoy himself. So I mean, he gets that much crap. To be honest with you, off people unfairly. Uh, no, I, I think Sodom. Uh, just let just let him enjoy it. Why not? Is he enjoys it? You know, in the old. In the old days, you know, obviously you think back to um, obviously England cricketer when he had that celebration after the Ashes thing that time, and you know, uh, Grealish to me is a similar sort of character. He likes to drink, he likes to enjoy himself. Let him have a bit of fun. And I think the best thing was that the you talk about the prayer was when he was talking to Bernardo about the the game, and if we want to win the title, he said that what we have to do is bring Mares off. Um, we have to bring Bernardo off, obviously. He said that while Bernardo was there. And then Bernardo says, and we leave Grealish on the bench. And I thought that just summed it, summed up the parade. I thought that was a brilliant line, you know, to win the league, we needed to, <laughs> to bring Mares off, bring Bernardo on, off and uh, leave Grealish on the bench. That's why we won the title. But uh, no, Grealish, let him enjoy it. Let him enjoy it. I, I think he's had a good season. I know he gets, gets a lot of stick. I think you'll be even better next season. So yeah, I, I, I'm all for it. I think it shows a spirit in the camp that the you know the yeah. way they they make fun of each other. And you're right, Bernard. You know, I think he should. I personally, I think he should have mentioned Almiron because I think that is disrespectful to a fellow professional. Uh, but the rest of it, I don't have a problem. You know, I don't have a problem with it because let people enjoy themselves. Let them let the hair down. You know, Simon Jordan. Uh, you know, some of the stuff he says, I think, is is very good. Is very opinionated, but sometimes he's an ass. Let's be honest about it. You know, and he goes he goes too far um, just to be provocative and you know shock people. You know, let let the lads you know, have a good time. When when Jordan was their age, he was probably behaving worse, I suspect. So let these kids have a good time. You know, Grealish is one of his first. Trophy, let him enjoy it. Let the city players do it. You know, we won four out of five league titles. Let them have a good time and just uh, get on with it. And just, you know, there's no need to be a sourpuss, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, just uh, coming to the end of the pod there uh, now, but just a few other little points that uh, that we, we could just say, make a few comments about. We'll start with. Uh, uh, Bernard, Bernard, did you hear a st- I mean, this pandemonium of celebration and all that went with it? I, d- I don't know if you read this story about uh, Noel Gallagher being headbutted by the father of Ruben Diaz. <laughs> did you hear about that? Yeah, he sort of fell over and headbutted. He had stitches, didn't he, apparently? <laughs> but it serves him right. He's always, he's always where Castro wouldn't get anyway, isn't he? He's, he's always one of these uh, guys always in the mix. You know, I feel a bit jealous sometimes when you see him and stuff like this. In the same way, I feel jealous of the kit man who gets involved in all these things, you know. And uh, uh, just to mention for young Alex Spencer as well, I saw uh, been sort of banging his drum recently uh, over the last couple of years. And nice to see him singing for Pep and the guys at the afterwards as well that was young Alex Spencer great little musician so that was great to see but yeah I believe uh, I believe he, he yeah um, most people sort of would have laughed at uh, Mr Gallagher's misfortune but uh, uh, not me not me <laughs> well, actually I, I, I laughed at it when, it when I heard it because I imagined something different from the reality rather than an accidental uh, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, coming together of heads. I just, if you've looked at Diaz's dad, he looks a rare type. You wouldn't want to get in a, you know, meet him in a dark alley. I just imagined it was Diaz's dad's sense of humor 
They just <laughs> dive into the arms of uh, dive into, dive into the arms of Joel Gallagher and then butt him on the on on the nose. Apparently there was blood everywhere. He needed stitches and everything. But I I, I thought well, that would have been awesome actually if that was his idea of of a joke, you know. But um, <laughs> heading Joel Gallagher, headbutting Joel Gallagher. That's very very funny. Um, let's go to Ray for uh, another point. Now, after in the days after the game, uh, in fact, I think it was probably yesterday, actually, uh, Julian Alvarez, six goals. And guys, if you've seen them, oh, my goodness, this is this is really like a, an Aguero clone, this fella. He's got ice in his veins and he can score all types. What an amazing uh, way to um, to introduce yourself formally to the City fans and let them know what they're going to see possibly next season, Ray. Yeah, yeah, I, I did videos about him. Uh, quite a while ago when I used to do a lot of stuff on my channel. Obviously, now I do a lot less, so, um, very, very sporadic. But I did some stuff on Julian Alvarez and, you know, um, talked to people. And the kid, he even you know, when I looked at him, he looked really, really good. Um, obviously, you watch most of it on, on YouTube and stuff, but he's he's got something about him. And... Um, I, I, I used to joke, you know, where's Harlan going to play? When we've got this kid, Alvarez, Harlan might be on the bench. It'd be an expensive bench that we're going to have because Alvarez is, you know, he, he's going to mix it up. You know, he's not coming to City to sit on the bench or to watch, you know, the the, the assembled stars play, uh, um, you know, from afar. He's coming to start. It's going to it's going to be like actually when you think about it, I'm going to compare it to Liverpool because they've they've got three decent uh, attacking players in Mane, Salah. And Firmino, and then they went out and got Diaz, and they got Jota, and um, you know, well, obviously we heard that Mane might leave, but they've got you know a situation where they can play two, and then mix it up, and depending on the opposition and tactics that they want to play, and they've got that strength in depth. And I think Alvarez and Haaland, can you imagine Alvarez and Haaland playing to, if they can, you know, hit it <laughs> off? Alvarez is twenty-two, I think. And Haaland's 21. Foden's 21 still. I think he's 22 tomorrow or something. Or today, whatever. You know, we've got a lot of young players called Palmer coming through. Delap and McAtee. Um, I'm just... I'm drooling over the eye of the thought of Haaland and, and Alvarez. And it, it's like, could Alvarez do better than Haaland? <laughs> that would just be amazing. So I think we've got two chances uh, for next season with those guys. One of them is going to hit it off next season. I think the other one will hit it off the season afterwards. But can I, can you just imagine those two guys playing up top? You know, and it's gonna it's gonna mix things up because you know who who misses out. And this is, I think, a lot of people are gonna look at that and say, you know, that's why we hear talk of Gabriel Jesus maybe leaving or Raheem Sterling because these two kids are, are gonna be playing for me. And we've still got Sterling, we've got Mares. Um, Gabriel Jesus, who misses out? You know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Guys, I'm just, I'm just aware of how long we've uh, we've been on, so I I would like just to finish off um, just with a couple of things. And this is a very very quick fire uh, game. We're going to play. I'm going to mention a city player's name, and uh, you tell me stay or go, and then just give a very brief, uh, uh, and I mean brief, uh, explanation why. So we know Fernandinho's gone back to Atletico Paranense in Brazil. So the next one is uh, Gabi 
uh, Jesus? Uh, is he leaving or not leaving? Should he stay? Should he go? What do you think will happen? And that's for Bernard. I want him to stay, uh, but obviously, as Ray's saying, with those two guys coming in, uh, where you know there might not be a place for him. But obviously, if Sterling and Mares went, for instance, uh, yeah, then please stay. But I do want him to stay. What about you, Ray? Same thing. Very quick fire here. Let him say. Let him same reasons. Um, there's other people who have got shorter contracts who probably better off getting rid of. Probably might get we might get a bit more money for them for for Sterling and Gabriel Jesus. Um, the kid's wholehearted. He gives it everything. Yeah, keep him. All right, guys. Let, let me just clarify. It's not like um, should they stay or go. It's will they stay or go. We'll go over to Bernard for the next one. Raheem Sterling, will he stay or will he go? Well, from all, all signs, he'll stay for his last year, won't he? And then he'll, he'll go on a free and get a big payoff. That's what it's looking like at the moment. So I think we'll end, he'll end up staying unless someone comes in with a, a little bit of dosh. What do you think, Ray? Um, unless Real Madrid come in, then I think he stays. Like Bernard said, one year left in his contract. I talked about this many times in the past when he's come up to contract renewal. The ball's in his court. You know, he's got he's holding all the all the cards, all the aces. Um, you know, he could be getting a fifty million pound signing on bonus from somebody and four hundred, five hundred thousand pounds a week. Because if you if you argue at twenty seven, twenty eight, he's still worth eighty or hundred million pounds. He'll get most of that over the length of a contract in terms of signing on bonus and and uh, uh, increased wages. So um, if Real Madrid come in, I sell him. Over to you, uh, Bernard, um, your almost namesake, uh, Bernardo. Now, the last couple of seasons, everyone knows that he's been um, making uh, little bits of waves in the in the media about uh, wanting to get out of City, have a change, probably because of the weather. We don't know exactly. Uh, stay, will he stay or will he go, Bernard? I think he might go. I think it might be one of the shocks. Uh, I think he'll go as long as we get an, a, a pretty decent offer for him. We don't want him to go. Of course we don't. We love him. But um, I think Bernardo, unfortunately, might might be on his way. Mm-hmm. How about you, Ray? I think he stays. I think mm-hmm. the... the uh, it, it, I don't think he's going to leave because of of him. Make of that what you will. I don't think he's going to leave because of him. I think the way he gets on with the rest of the players, yeah, he might have that somewhere else, but it's special at City right now, so I think he stays. OK, Bernardo, a lot of speculation about this one, so this is not a, a silly suggestion. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan, will he stay or will he go? Well, a lot of rumours that he's going to go, um, but I don't see any reason why he won't stay. If he, he just got married. He Obviously, if he's happy... In that in in that state of, that he's in on his personal life, what, why not stay? You know, I think City fans will appreciate him far more going forward than perhaps we have in the you know a lot of City fans have in the meantime. So I'm hoping I, I think he'll stay. Over to you, Ray. I hope he stays. I think he should stay one more season. You know, uh, I don't think he's too old yet. And so, uh, what, 30, 31? So, yeah, um, hopefully stay. Okay, and uh, the last one for the outgoings, uh, Bernard. Uh, Benjamin Mendy, stay or go? 
I'm not going to answer that, mate. I mean, you know, it's but I'm not, I won't answer that one. <laughs> He's out of contact. What do you think, Ray? I mean, I believe that this is the last year of his contract. A it's lot of people haven't been talking about this, but I checked it out, and as far as I can see, this is actually the end of his contract, uh, summer Five 22. Years. Well, I think he's, he's pleaded not guilty, hasn't he, to all charges, apparently, yeah, from what that, I know. So. Five blooming years we've had, Benjamin Mendy. Five years. And look, let, let's give Cheeky and, and everybody credit. We haven't made too many dud signings, but sorry, Mendy's injuries have, you know, uh, taken what was a very exciting prospect when he joined City into a into a dud. So yeah, uh, very quickly, it didn't last long, did it? Before he became a dud, really. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Okay, guys, we're we're nearly finished. Just got one uh, one little section to go now, and these are incomings. Um, are you going to say uh, welcome, come to city, or stay where you are, mate? Uh, so the first one is uh, Calvin Phillips. Uh, we'll go to uh, Bernard first. No, he can stay where he is, mate. I'm not interested in him. What do you say, Ray? Um, I'll I'll take him as a backup. I'll take him as backup because I don't see we, who else out there is so much better that will come. Rice won't come for anything under one hundred and twenty million, I reckon. Who else is out there? So I I don't mind. Okay, uh, next one. Uh, let's go to Burn for this. Uh, Frankie De Jong. Would you welcome him, or should he just stay where he is, or go to United? Well, I think he'll go to United. I want him to go to United. I don't, he's not been setting the world alight, has he? I don't think where he's been, where he is at the moment. So I'm not overly enthused about that one. He can stay or go to United for me. Okay, Ray. Turned us down. Pet won't. Pet won't go there again. Uh, look at Harry Kane. You know, you you don't come. You turn us down. We ain't going back to knock on your door again. So, and if he's even considering United, then he's not the kind of player that we want. He's not got the right mentality to play for City, if he's even considering United. OK, nearly finished. Just two more names. Um, OK, uh, Bernard, uh, Mark Cucurella from Brighton, the specialist left-back. Should he well, come or should he just stay where he is? Yeah, I mean, I've had my first trip to Brighton this season, never been before, and he was the guy that stood out for me, uh, for Brighton. I was very impressed in him coming forward. He can sort of defend as well, which is uh, not bad for a left-back for Pep, is it? So, I would, I would, uh, yes, as long as he's not overly stupid money, I would have him in a flash. OK, Ray? Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I think they bought him for 15 million. We offer 30 million, 35, I think he comes. Uh, Ex-Barcelona Messiah graduate. Uh, yeah, sounds good enough to me. And the final name on the list, guys, uh, is uh, Matheus Nunes. Now, you've rejected the pair of you. Um, all of the solutions, uh, possible solutions so far to uh, Fernandinho's uh, backup. Uh, here's one that... Uh, that uh, well, what do you think of this guy, this guy? I don't know if you know too much about him, but he was the the front runner before the Calvin Phillips uh, stuff got going. Uh, what do you think, if you think anything at all, uh, Bernard? Uh, can I pass it on to Ray, mate? I don't really know much about Nunes. <laughs> <I'm> absolutely honest <laughs> with you. I have no idea. And if Ray knows anything or you know anything, let me know because I don't. Okay, Ray? I don't know too much about him. I mean, you know, the only Nunes I was focused on was Darwin Nunes uh, the year before. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. Um, I'm not 
I don't know too much about him. He's he's, a, he's still youngish, 22, 23 years old. Um, Brazilian kid playing out in Portugal at the moment, isn't he? So I can't say he's had three three seasons or for for Sporting. Um, he's played for Portugal, even though he's obviously come from Brazil, born in Brazil. But to be honest, he's not made such a mark that I've sat up and taken notice. Um, you know, the, obviously the rumours is there, um, but I'm, I'm reading that Pep was impressed by his uh, performances, <laughs> praised him as one of the best players in the world after we beat them. Five nil at their place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Now the the final question for you as we stop now. Uh, prediction time. Let's go to Bernard first. So the Champions League final, Real Madrid against uh, Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool uh, uh, led by the uh, the the newly crowned Premier League manager of the year. We have Michael Owen. Uh, in the media saying that Liverpool will not only beat Madrid, they will absolutely thrash them. Um, well, he's got his opinion. Uh, what What's your prediction for the outcome of this, Bernard? Well, let's face it, we should have beat Madrid. Uh, simple as that. We, we cocked that one up right and truly. As Liverpool, as good as us on the day, of course they are. So, yeah, um, what impresses me, did, did the Madrid fans up, hold up 13 fingers to the Liverpool fans? I'm not too sure how that works, but, uh, you know, obviously the Liverpool fans enjoy holding six fingers up to us, don't they, at the moment? But, uh, yeah, I, I would... I don't want either of them. If, if you can have a result where neither of them win it, that'd be great. But uh, a pinch, yeah, I'm hoping Madrid win on the basis that I can't stand the Scousers winning it and... But I think they will. I think I think Liverpool will win it. I don't think they'll thrash them because that's not Liverpool's way. Because they might have the talent. Well, they don't. They don't thrash many teams, do they, uh, of that level? So I would say penalties again. Probably knowing Liverpool, they'll win it on penalties. But uh, yeah, I think I think they will do Madrid tomorrow. Okay, Ray, for you. Don't care. Mickey Mouse trophy. Not interested. <laughs> interested. Honestly, not interested. Well, look, at the end of the day, we won the big one. We won the one that. For me, matters the most, and for most old fans, it matters the most is, is the league. And uh, but it says we you know we want them, we want each of them to lose. We want both teams to lose. So now nah, I'm I'm going to be saving my, um, my myself for Sunday's match between Nottingham Forest and Huddersfield. That's the big one. That's the big game of the weekend. It's worth two hundred million pounds. That's the game to watch. Um, that 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 been the real champions of of the of the weekend. I'm not bothered about Liverpool and Madrid stuff them. Okay, guys. Well, I think we'll 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 leave it there. We've been uh, on for uh, we're we're into uh, like injury time after the 90 minutes. Um, but but you deserve that because we've been offline with this pod for for too long now. But we're back, and guys, uh, hopefully uh, we'll be back with you uh, during uh, the summer from time to time as uh, things uh, develop. Who knows what might happen, but. Um, if it does happen and it's big, we'll be back with you, hopefully with Press Switch Blue. So we'll uh, we'll leave it there and we'll just um, we'll just uh, say goodbye to two very fantastic uh, contributors. Uh, just final comments and farewells. First of all, thank you very much for coming on, Bernard. 
Yeah, you're welcome. It's great to be back on after after a little break, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not excited for the Champions League final. I'm excited for next season. Uh, I've not been this excited for a while with uh, what could be on the horizon as far as new players are concerned. So, great stuff, and we'll be back. We'll be back very soon, as you say. Yeah. Okay. So, from me uh, to you, uh, Mister Ray Bubbles. Aha! Final comments. <laughs> It's very nice to have a chat about footy again. And as Bernard says, it is exciting. Looking forward to next season. We've got to play, play those dirty scouts again in the Community Shield um, in, in August. So, you know, looking forward to that. I'm not bothered about pre-season touring to America. Uh, but I will be excited to see, you know, Haaland and Alvarez. Um, yeah, you know, you've got to... If, if you can't salivate over those two lads arriving then there's something wrong with you. Good way to end. Thank you very much, uh, guys, for coming on. Guys, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll finish off in the normal way by saying, have one on us. Have a celebratory one on us, and up the blues. <laughs> <laughs>